hi guys um wanted to try something different typically on the podcast it's audio only but i figured i'm gonna share my face with the world see what happens anyway so this episode is going to be about thinking in four dimensions so on this podcast i spend a lot of time talking about things that i think very few people talk about about whether or not the future is happening right now if past and future exist simultaneously they do um and things like can you future self communicate with your past self they can and can you feel can the experiences you're going through right now in the present time actually be caused by something that's happening in the future it can um but all of these sort of ideas require a different perception a different way of viewing reality than we've been essentially programmed to see um or to experience and um that's what's you know fun about this because um it's a different way of thinking um and when you start thinking in this way it kind of frees your mind and you kind of feel your mind expanding and it's just kind of cool to get lost in that sort of new perception of reality um i started reading a book so i'll, I'll look down occasionally and what i'm looking at is my uh my phone um because i take notes and typically what you don't see when I'm, you know, recording a podcast is like this. I'm just making sure that I don't miss anything that I want to talk about. But I was inspired today by this quote. Um, and I, and I, it was a quote that was cited in uh, Neville Goddard's The Complete Reader. Um, and I've mentioned this several times now. It's just my new favorite author. I go through, you know, different phases of like favorite authors. And right now I'm really feeling... Um, Neville Goddard and the book is called Neville Goddard the Complete Reader. I would recommend you check it out. Skip the first chapter um, because when I first started listening to it I, I heard the first chapter and there was a lot of like religious like symbology in it or symbolism whatever and it really put me off and I remember listening to it thinking like I really if he's gonna like try to use you know the bible or whatever to kind of draw me into his like line of thinking I don't know if I'm really engaged or ready for that and um but I'm glad I stayed on um because after like that first one or two chapters my mind was like considerably blown so if you sort of have like you know life experiences that might cause you to sort of react to religious religious you know speech um I say just skip it um and then you can always go back once you're done um, so skip the first two chapters. After that, it's like smooth sailing. But in the book, he uh, he quoted somebody else, another author, and the quote was, you would not seek me had you not already found me. You would not seek me had you not already found me. That is, when I when I heard that the first time, time it like kind of threw me off because I was just like, wow, okay, what comes first, right? And I kind of, you know, I've mentioned this before in previous episodes, but it's true, like what really comes first if we know that for real like the future exists right now google it i mean it just it is it is what it is it's not what we've been programmed but it doesn't matter how we've been programmed like obviously everything we've learned from school or not learning was kind of bullshit like columbus you know discovering america so you really do need to we need to start unlearning a lot of stuff so part of what you know i think that we should consider on learning is our perception of time just because we perceive time being linear doesn't mean that it is just because it's and if it's not linear then perhaps what we think of as cause and effect isn't 
what we think of either. So it's like fun stuff to think about. But the idea of what what you desire, right? What comes first? So I'll say the quote again. You would not seek me had you not already found me, right? So if you're seeking something, right? If you're in search of something, then that means that there's, there's, youth, there's a version of you in the future, right? That has already had the experience and you having that experience is the cause now right reverse cause uh reverse causality or retro causality perhaps you having that experience in the future is now what's causing you to seek this experience in the present right retro causality um with time with time not being linear it's just our perception that's linear you do have to start maybe positing and thinking of that. And does that maybe help you stay on the path of like pursuing a goal, right? Because a lot of the times when you're perceiving reality in one way, you're perceiving time in one way, right? Past to future. You're sort of under the impression or perception that, okay, there's this goal, there's this finish line. And, you know, I've got to, I've got to do everything in my power to get to that finish line, right? And that finish line is like a goal that you want to accomplish, but what I'm saying is, what if that line is actually like a circle, right? And that you've already accomplished that. And that's the reason why now you're seeking to be on the path of accomplishing it. It's, it's I want to say timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, and stay with me because I will kind of go on to explain, you know, and probably beat to death the concept, um, giving various examples um, so that it sinks in. Um, but uh, I kind of want you to ask me, like, what comes first? Is it the desire or the experience? Like, sit with that. Like, if you've ever had a desire for something, first of all, you know, we, we talked about um, determinism and where do these sort of invasive, invasive thoughts come from, or where just thoughts in general come from, in general comes from, or even ideas in general, like, where do they come from, right? If you ever pause and, and thought about it, like, you just randomly wake up with a desire to do this. There's, uh, I think Sam, I can't think of his name right now, but he wrote a book called uh, Free Will, Sam Harris. Sam Harris is his name. And towards the end of the book, he was saying, you know, what makes you desire? So of all the other times you have a desire to lose weight, right? And of all the other times you've tried for years and you get on the path and then you get off and then you get on the path and you get off and then eventually something happens and all of a sudden you're just like nope that's it and I'm just going and he's like what is that thing and why didn't you have it in your first attempt or your second attempt or your third attempt clearly you're the same individual through through time that wants to lose the weight right or even with writing a book right you have this desire you have a desire to write a book but every time you sort of try right make an attempt you get distracted, you get busy, life happens. And then one day, something just, something motivates you to get up and go write the book. And then the question is, what is that something? And why is it then that day, as opposed to two, three years ago, a month ago, when you still kind of had the will to, right? Well, why was your will exercised at this moment in time, right? Typically, when those kind of things happen, it turns out that, everything kind of just tends to kind of fall into place, right? Like, let's say, in uh, there's another book I'm reading right now. It's called, I'm looking it up so I don't, uh, it's called Physics of the Soul by Amit 
Goswami, Amit Goswami. And he said something in the intro of this book. And what he said was, you know, he started writing the first draft or was about to publish the first draft of the book, like in 97 or something like that. And then it didn't work out. But then he said, in hindsight, he's actually glad that it didn't work out because it allowed him space and time to do the necessary revisions that allow him to now put the book out at the right time, the right time. And it's sort of like, okay, what was the right time, right? Why was 97 the wrong time, right? Why was this the right time, right? So it's it's these sort of things that make you kind of pause and and reflect. Like if time is linear, then it shouldn't really matter what the right time or the wrong time is. Like if you just have a decision and you decide to do something, then it should just sort of work itself out, right? Why is there, why is it all about timing? You know what I mean? Like, why is it more like, okay, you want something and it just doesn't seem like or things are falling into place until you get to a certain day, right? And then all of a sudden on that day, all, all, all the things just start kind of falling into place. Why is that? Um, so to, for me, it helps to look at time more as a spatialized dimension rather than a line. Right, because then you sort of start perceiving reality differently, and maybe the moments in time you want to think of more as locations in space. Yeah, so for example, say you want to drive from New York to California, right? Now, you've maybe never been to New York before, but you know that you, you know, I'm sorry, you've never been to California before, but you know California is a real place. You know it exists, right? Because other people have been there. The screen just went gray. Uh, other people have been there. So you know that it's a, it's a place. It's a location in space, okay? Now, you're not sure how long it's going to take you to get there. Some people have told you that they've gotten there you know, in a certain amount of time. Some people have like flown there, some people have driven there. Um, but for you, you don't know how long it's gonna take you. If you decide to drive, it's gonna take a considerably longer amount of time than somebody who hops on a plane, right? Um, and if two people decide to drive, depending on who they are, they might still get there at two different times. Like one person might get there, you know, in a day because they just get in the car and no matter what, they're just, I'm not stopping to do anything but pee and eat. Whereas some other people might be like, okay, well, hmm, that's a detour. Let me take this turn and see where that goes. Or let me check this out. Let me stop some friends or whatever. So for everybody, it's different. But you know that it, look, it's a location that exists in space, right? Like California is a real place. You don't have to manifest it. And that's kind of how I perceive success, okay? You know that success is a real place. Why? Because you've seen, you see people who exist and are living successful lives, however you define success, right? So we tend to define success, in, you know, in terms of, okay, this person's doing really great in, in their job or in the industry or whatever it is, but ultimately you define, uh, you know, what makes you successful and in what arena that is. But if you look around and you see people that are actually successful, then they have reached, right, a a, 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 a dimension in space or whatever they have achieved success so it's possible for them it's possible for you if it's possible for them to achieve success then it's possible for you you don't have to manifest success as a thing right it's possible for everybody now how long does it take them well it depends there are some people who have you know 
access to private jets, right? Because their parents are successful or their parents are wealthy. So you have a lot of, I saw a TikTok uh, that was basically saying like, in order to make it to Hollywood, all you need is like, you know, leverage up relationships that you have. And then they cited like Charlie Charlie Sheen and um, a couple other people like Anderson Cooper or whatever, who came from, you know, wealth. Um, And so like it was easy for them. So it'd be the equivalent of, okay, they're trying to get to California and they hopped on a a plane, a private jet even to get to California. So it was easier for them. Um, But that's not everybody's story, right? There are successful or famous, whatever it is you want to do in your life, people who, yes, they might have taken, it might have taken them longer to get to that location, right? Success. Right. Think of success as an actual location. It might have taken them longer to get there, but because they didn't have access to, you know, their family's wealth or whatever, but they did get there. So those people exist. Right. It's not that success like California is a place that can only be traversed, you know, by plane. You can drive there. It might take you longer. Right. And then there are some people who like, you know, they're just like, they, they go and they're like, I'm not going to stop until I attain, you know, whatever my success is. And they go and they go and they go and, you know, they get lucky and, you know, they have their lucky bit pretty quickly and but don't compare yourself to them. Just say, okay, well, don't say like, oh, it took that person, like, you know, just like a few years to get to where they're going. Well, you don't know. You, you don't know because there's a lot that's happening behind the scenes where I'm learning from reading um, Neville Goddard, it's 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 mind, um, not not just Neville Goddard. There's another book I finished yesterday. Um, it is called mm, Parallel Universes of Self, and that one talked about like the author is basically saying that you know he decided that he wanted to be famous and or six like famous like an actor or whatever. So he started sort of meditating on it, I guess. And then all of a sudden, things just started happening for him. But you could say like, and and he said, well, he was able to kind of reach a certain level of like fame, I guess, um, in a very short amount of time. It took him three months and all of a sudden he was meeting the right people, boom, boom, boom. And you could look at that on, on the surface, like on face value and say, okay, well, it only took him three months to like make these breaks. Meanwhile, like other people are taking them like, you know, taking them years or whatever, you know, what is it? Well, it might have taken him three months to sort of make these moves, but it took him about a decade of priming his mind to not think negatively, to, you know, essentially bend his reality experiences. I mean, he literally wrote a book called Parallel Universes of Self. So he's talking about quantum jumping and he didn't develop the skill to quantum jump right in three months right he has been by his own sort of experiences he says like he's had he had some strange experiences as a kid that kind of primed his mind to to perceive reality differently than the way we've been programmed to and then as a young adult he started to learn certain sort of tricks to show him and teach him that you know anything is possible um, but that's like 20, 30 years. So it's 20, 30 years plus three months for him to make the moves. 
that he made, right? So when you see somebody that they appear to be achieving success in a very short amount of time, right? It, you could look at that and go, okay, well, why don't I have that, right? Well, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, right? You don't know how they mentally sort of, what they've done mentally to psychologically prepare themselves or to psychologically strengthen their mind to actualize certain reality experiences. Does that make sense? Um, and that's really worth paying attention to. Not only that, you know, then once again, you're, we're programmed to look at life sort of in a linear fashion, but there's other things going on, right? Like you don't know what their future self, right, is doing, right? Because your future self can influence your past. Now you're here and then you're probably thinking like, wait, what? What does that mean? And I'm going to pull it. I had to, I had to write this down because this was wild to me. Um, so in the Amit book, uh, hold on one second. Amit Goswami book, physics of the soul. He said something in there that made me go, "Hmm." um, he said, and I quote, creativity is non-local in time. What is creative today is commonplace tomorrow. The unfamiliar today is familiar tomorrow. Ideas may be a borrowing of information from the future. When I say like, as I was listening to that, I was like, whoa, what? Because once again, right, we're programmed to perceive reality in a linear way. Like even the fact that, okay, so past life regressions, right? People are like, I remember your past. I remember my past life, but that's still a restriction. You're still restricting yourself into viewing time as linear. The past is the past, right? And now you're present and then the future doesn't exist. But that's not right. That's, that's wrong, right? All of time exists at once. So if you can remember your past life, and I've talked about this throughout my podcast, right? I've talked about you know, I've mentioned books, you know, check out my previous episodes, guys. Um, but I've mentioned books about people who have remembered their past life through reincarnation, right? Young children who, uh, like, literally, like, 90 to 96% to 98% accuracy of remembering, like, who they were in previous lives. I, I talked about, like, an, uh, an actor who reincarnated into a child and remembered like 95% of like his life down to like names where he lived, the name of his wife, the name of his kids, who he was, how he died at the age of what he died. This was somebody else theoretically, right? Like, or not theoretically, but like we're, we're supposed to believe, okay, this is just a brand new person, clean slate consciousness is clean, but it was, it was a child. But from a very young age, this young boy remembered who he was. And there's lots of examples of this. Um, do, you know, do, do, do searches. I mean, there's books on it. I'm, I'm trying to think of the, uh, life before life, um, is I don't remember the author's name. I think it's Jim something or another. But the book is called Life Before Life, and it's the uh, it's worth checking out um, because it, it was a doctor who went through and actually investigated cases, you know, scientifically uh, of children who remember their past lives. But that's what I'm saying. Like, why are we drawing the line at okay, past life? If you can remember your past life, 
then why can't you remember your future life? Like I've talked about your future self in the same timeline within your same, you know, within the same incarnation, right? Communicating with your future self, right? Through intuition, through deja vu or whatever. But why, why are we even limiting it to just this avatar, right? What about your next incarnation, right? The, think about all of the things, all of the thoughts, dreams, ideas, concepts that we are bombarded with on a daily basis, right? That are just kind of coming through our minds like a radio, right? All these signals that are just kind of being pinged, right? Where are they all coming from, right? Could they be coming from your future self? Could they be coming from a future incarnation? I, I thought to myself, it would be, it would have been interesting. There was another example of uh, a, a young boy. I think his name was like John the Third or James the Third. I can't remember which one. I think it was James. Um, and he cited in the Life Before Life book. Um, and I think in my previous episode, I mentioned other books as well that deal with reincarnation. Um, I just can't think of it right now. Um, but this kid remembered himself as an, I think it was like an Air Force pilot during the Second World War. And like no exposure to wars, he just kept drawing himself in the way he died, specifically the way he died. Uh, I think he was like trapped in a plane or whatever and caught on fire and he couldn't escape. But he was like fixated on that moment. It's a very interesting story. I believe... Netflix has a show as well on that. I don't remember what it's called, unfortunately. Um, but I think, oh, yeah, I do. It's called Surviving Death. Um, and there's a couple episodes on there that I was like, eh, when they were dealing with like seances and stuff like that, I wasn't really crazy about. But on that same series, they interviewed this kid and they did a really great job of like showing everything, like his drawings and you know his memories and like ever like it was it was wild but if you if that doesn't convince you that something else is going on i don't know what will um and honestly i don't know why you would want to perceive reality the way we've been conditioned to conceive reality where you're just nothing and then you're born and you're a flame and then you extinguish and that's it i think that's bullshit um and i don't know why one would want to perceive life like that because it's not true and it's extremely limiting right like in my previous episodes i talked about the placebo effect and a nocebo effect imagine what how much more powerful would we as a as a race like like humanity mankind be have we been instead of going to school to learn like bullshit that you know what i mean like it's not even factually true right we're going to i just had like a a a thought of like x-men right um mutant training school but no you're in school and you're actually taught the power of the mind, the mind's ability to heal, right? Like imagine if for 12 years of your life, 13 years of your life, that's what you're taught. That's what you're, you know, you're, you're taught to meditate. Like you're taught the power, okay, you know, negative thoughts. You're, you're taught to quantum jump. You're taught to shift reality consciously. And, you know, I would argue if you can imagine it, it's possible. If you can imagine it, it's possible. If you can imagine it, it's possible. So if I can imagine it, there's got to exist some world, some parallel world where mankind is actually doing just that. Where from childhood, a person is born 
and they're taught to remember their past lives, right? Like these concepts are actually taken seriously. Look, if we we're, we're, we presently live in a society right now where a pretty large percentage of the population believes that, you know, believes in talking snakes and pregnant virgins. And so I'm not, you know, knocking that. I, that was my background, okay? Like that was my my first religious sort of experience because my parents were Christian. But if you can kind of program people to believe that, it's not too far-fetched to believe that there is a reality or there could exist a culture or society where people are conditioned to accept the power of the human mind to heal itself. Imagine like you start feeling a headache coming in, but you've had 12 years of, you know, pre-K, you know, pre-K through 12th grade of learning to meditate, learning to consciously heal yourself, learning to quantum shift. And you remember your past lives. You remember how you died, right? And then you can sort of heal from that, let it go and, and know, okay, well, that was my past incarnation and I've done what I needed to do then. This is my present incarnation, right? And I'm gonna live consciously. And that's program. That's like, imagine, can you imagine how powerful the human race is? And then communicating with the future right to basically help your present like prosper be successful and not i'm not even like i'm gonna delve into more of what i was saying right with i pulling ideas and our ideas just essentially you remembering your future but if 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 this is something that was taught to us right you wouldn't really be like concerned about like you know, you want something to happen and it's not happening, right? That happens a lot. You know, you're you're expecting, there's an expectation of something, right? You have a goal and then it's like, you know, Monday, it's not going. Tuesday, it's not going. A week goes by, a month goes by. People are like asking you, like, how's it going? And then you suddenly start to lose hope and doubt starts to creep in and that mind virus, that negativity starts to talk. And next thing you know, you start doubting yourself. And because that doubt sinks, sinks in, Right, it's almost like going in and pulling the seed of a desired outcome, pulling it out of dirt. Right, that's just, that's the reality that we live we live in right now. Right now, I'm saying, can you imagine something different? Like if you could communicate, if you are trained, right from birth to communicate with your future self, and you go, okay, I have this goal, right? Even if it's just full glimpses. Like, even if it's not full glimpses, I should say, even if it's just like intuition, like it's good, you know, I'm not, I, I don't know when's going to happen, but it will happen, right? And you're programmed, right? You're conditioned, you're primed. It's suggested to you that you are capable of this. If you believe you are capable of it, then you will be capable of it, right? Within the confines of, you know, laws of physics, right? Like, because when you say things like this and somebody snarky comes in and goes, oh, well, I believe I can fly. So should I go jump off a building and, you know, uh, will I fly like that? No, um, because that's that's not a law, <laughs> right? If you looked around and saw human beings flying, right, then sure. But that's not something that human beings are presently capable of doing presently capable of doing at least with our understanding of reality now are there realities where people can fly i mean damn like we dream of flying where's that coming from and before tv like humanity has reported like you know dreams of flight right 
So why would we dream about something that we aren't capable of? Like, that's just always weird to me. So, you know, we, we dream of, con- we literally, when we go to sleep, we dream of flying. And then we dream up concepts like stories of Superman, who are, you know, beings that are capable of flight. Where is this coming from? Are we are we tapping into something that we might be capable of in the future? I'm going to say the quote again. Creativity is non-local in time. What is creative today is commonplace tomorrow. So when you think about shows like Marvel and you go, wow, that's wild. Or like Harry Potter, right? It seems creative. It seems like, oh, what is this idea? I talked about this in my previous live. I actually uploaded it on my channel as well check it out they're long but the information is valuable um and i'm you're not hearing this information from a lot of people um so check it out it's it's mind expanding but um you know i like the movie uh harry potter and i talked about this on the live i said listen a hundred years ago if you would have told a person alive a hundred years ago that what's happening right now being able to sit in front of a screen record yourself Record yourself, live stream it, and then communicate and re- communicate in real time to people across the country and across the world. It would have seemed like something impo- impossible. Like they would have said that's not possible. And yet it's happening now. Now imagine what impossibilities we as a human race will be capable of, or I should say, because time is not linear, are capable of presently, right now, in a location in the future, right? Think of the future like literally a spatialized, like a dimension in space. I've said this several times because I really want you to start imagining things like that. So let's say, let's say you're from Alaska and it's just constantly cold, right? But you've never been to California before. But you sit in your house in Alaska and you're imagining what it would be like for there to not, for there to be a place where it never snows, right? It might, if you've never lived in a place like California, like it might seem impossible, yet you've conceptualized it. And yet California does exist, just you've not been, you've never been, right? But you're conceptualizing it get it so do you have to create a place like you know california no because it's already there you've conceptualized it you've imagined it if you can imagine it it exists to people in california it's commonplace it's not you know like i live in california like it's sunny outside it's nice it's warm um and where i live i mean are there parts in california where it snows yes but come on let's not you know you understand what i'm trying to say um but for people who live in California, like this, we take it for granted. It's commonplace. But for somebody who lives in Alaska, it's like, oh, I can't imagine what it would be like to live somewhere warm, right? So what I say is like, oh, I want you to think of ideas as sort of conceptualizing commonplace occurrences that are happening or occurring in a dimension right now called the future that exists right now so when you sit and things come to you where are they coming from right i use the analogy of your mind sort of operating as a radio picking up these signals 
right? If you can pick up signals in in sense of like intuition or just even energy from other people, why wouldn't you be able to pick up signals from not only yourself in the future, not only your future self in this avatar, but even perhaps future generations or your future incarnations? It's your same consciousness. It's the same, right? Just like the kid who reincarnated as a, or who was a reincarnation of the pilot. It's his, his consciousness was the same. It just jumped from avatar to avatar. So your consciousness is the same. It's the same towards the end of your life in your present avatar, but it's also the same consciousness that is living in the year 2400 right now. Can you communicate with that person? I'm arguing that theoretically you can. If you can remember your past life, right? We call that past life regression or whatever. You can also, I believe, remember. If you can remember the past, why can't you remember the future? If time's not linear, we're stuck on, okay, I can remember my past life, but why can't you remember your future life? Where do you think ideas come from? What do you think the concept of even sci-fi where people sit and they, they say, oh, these ideas just come to me. Where are they coming from? Right? Like, it's, I love Star Trek because it's like Gene Roddenberry was a genius. But was he a genius? And how do we define genius? Did he come up with these things? Because if you watch a lot of the old episodes... It's like he was almost predicting a lot of the technology that we are utilizing now and will utilize in the future. So was he creating this? Ask any creator, myself included. There's a painting in the back, right? Did you create this? No, I sat down and I painted. I I sat down to paint and I just did the work. I put the time in. But I was just really pulling something pulling images from the ether or from the Akashic records and I'm putting it on canvas. And I kind of talked about this before, actually previous episode, I used uh, The Sims as an analogy. I said, you know, when you sit to play The Sims and you choose a character that is like an artist, yeah? Your Sim that's painting isn't creating the painting The painting already is pre-programmed into the game before you even bought the game, right? The designers had already sort of, you know, decided that should you decide as a consumer to use your sim in this way, these are the pieces that your artist sim will create, right? That was before you even bought the game. It's already been decided. So my, my, I'm taking that a step further and I'm saying before you even decided, right, to upload your consciousness into this avatar. The avatar, first of all, already exists as a playable character in space-time. Your avatar, my avatar, already exists as a playable character in space-time. So you, you have to let go of attachment to the physical form as that's who you are. I'm going to say it until it sinks in. You, you have to let go of attachment to the physical form as that being who you are. Because you're not your consciousness playing a game. You're just yeah, I'm playing as Joe. I'm playing as Jolie. Right? But I'm not, you know, I just my consciousness has been uploaded into the simulation and this is a character that I chose to play, play as, and I'm doing my best to sort of like take it off of story mode, 
into free play mode, but even the free play mode, right? And the experiences in free play mode are pre-programmed experiences. The way any experience that you have in a video game has already been pre-programmed. And a lot of people, when they hear that, they think determinism, I have no free will. But my response to that is you have no free will the way a, pl a player in a video game has no free will. But that's not, it's like you got to look at it in a different way. There is will there. Right? You have, you can make little choices within what's been programmed. Right? So it's not just like you're a slave, you know, you're not like a robot and you're, it's a game, right? Th those experiences had to have been thought of. Those experiences had to have been pre-programmed so that you can enjoy it. So I mean, you're not just like, okay, what? Like I had a lucid dream one time and like probably my only like full blown lucid dream that I had. And I remember waking up in the dream and I was like, oh shit, I'm controlling the dream. And so I was like running around like, okay, what am I going to do? And I like decided I was going to have a party and like Snoop Dogg was there, was Ludacris was there, was a pool party. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to fly. And then I was like, okay, I'm flying. And then I was like bored. <laughs> like I was like, okay, I could do everything. Maybe I just wasn't creative enough. But after I realized I could do everything, I almost like couldn't do anything because there was like no, I'm used to, you know, sort of structure of life. So there was no, no, like there was no excitement. So I could do anything. Okay. What, what do I want to do now? What if I could come, if the story, right, had been, because all of a sudden it was just like a blank canvas and I was like, oh, okay, what do I do now, you know? Um, and I just, just having all of those experiences available to me without like being able to channel it into like these different experiences just made it so that I didn't do anything. Now, if I had woken up or become conscious in a dream that was like an active storyline, right, where I'm not necessarily controlling every single aspect of the storyline. Like the characters, they have their own, you know, intelligence or I'm playing, I'm dreaming with other people who are also conscious and they're, you know, they have the freedom to do their own thing, more or less. Maybe I can impact, you know, affect changes and different, you know, different things that I can at least remove the fear that anything will, anything bad will happen to me, Right. If I woke up in that kind of dream, if I became lucid in that kind of dream, that becomes more fun because the structure is there, right? The skeleton is there, the foundation is there, the bones are there. He's a nice bone. So I, I'm, I'm able to say, okay, well, all right. Okay, I'm in, you know, I'm in, let's say it's like a Game of Thrones dream, right? And they're dying, you know, they're not dinosaurs. There's dragons everywhere. All right, cool. Okay, so th the structure of it, storyline, the plot has been laid out for me, right? And now in this dream, I can decide, okay, do I want to hop on the dragon? You know what I mean? Or do I want to go and, you know, kill some, you know, uh, walkers, uh, white walkers, right? So now it becomes more fun, right? So the storyline, I could take a look at it. I can sit back and go, okay, well, oh, I don't have any free will because the storyline has already been laid out for me, but I, that's actually more enjoyable, you know, in a way, because then the choices that you make, you know, they're, you know, they're pre-programmed in a way, but you're still, it allows you to kind of enjoy the experience as opposed to just having it be like a blank slate. And then you have to come up with everything. And now you have to control those characters and control those characters. So I've had some people say that to me. Um, it's really kind of off-putting where people kind of say, oh, okay, this, you know, I create reality and I manifested you. 
Um, no, you didn't. <laughs> like, you know, like that solipsism where, you know, your consciousness is the only consciousness that exists and everybody's like a pawn in like your dream. No, they're not. This is an MMORPG. It's a collective, you know, it's a collective game. Are there some NPCs running around or philosophical zombies walking around? Yes, right? And and I mean that not in a derogatory where there's just some people who are right now anyway controlled by the simulation but at any point in time a consciousness can shift can can jump right from a parallel universe somebody can quantum jump into that body and then take it over and then they become conscious kind of thing right so man one day i would love to just sit down and really from beginning to end break down my perception of reality and explain everything um it's gonna happen one day um i'm slowly building up you know, building up the YouTube um, and, and the listeners. I I know that this information tends to be kind of like heady, you know, like some people are just like, oh, wow, like it's hard to wrap my mind around. Um, but I think once you start wrapping your mind around, it's fun. Like I want to talk about how, okay, if you can imagine anything, it's real. So like I said, a hundred years ago, right, people would, if if I sat down, let's say like I was part of a group, right, and I said, 200 years ago, I said, I see a black mirror that everyone holds in their hands and they can see images in it and communicate with faces and, and, and different cultures from all over the world. I probably would have been hung by, like as a witch or burned at the stake as a witch. But what I'm describing when I say black mirror, right, is a cell phone. Your, your phone is a black mirror and in it you can communicate with people in different parts of the world, right? But in the past, people used black mirrors as scrying mirrors. What's influencing what, right? Somebody had an idea, right, in the 1700s and 1600s. Hey, I can use a black mirror to communicate with people in different parts of the world or in different worlds. But to them, they translated it. That, that idea was actually them seeing what we're doing now right? The person who, the people who are like, I'm going to use a black mirror as a scrying mirror, where did that idea come from? Well, perhaps that person exists in our time now. Guys, this is freaking fun. Like, ah, I love talking about stuff like this because like, who's talking about it? But yeah, like what if the person, right? The consciousness of the person who in the 1600s or the 1400s, whenever scrying mirrors, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google scrying mirrors, there were black obsidian mirrors that people like would use in spiritual practices to communicate with spirits or see other faces in a different world, right? But what if the consciousness of the person who came up with the idea of scrying mirrors actually exists right now and is using a cell phone and just the image got translated or transcribed through time to the 1400 and this person literally looked while they were looking at the phone right looking they're having a facetime conversation in 2021 with their friend right their past incarnation in 2100 or i'm sorry 1200 year 1200 saw that same image saw a face and goes, there's this black mirror thing that you can see faces in and communicate with. And they use their understanding of reality at that time to use that and then their belief in it 
kind of they use that to manifest like tulpas or whatever i've talked about tulpas if you don't know what tulpas is google it t-u-l-p-a that's a thought form that is literally created by your belief in it like the mind is wild okay so like all the stuff that you're thinking about now like one day like sit and like write your ideas down right there's it's always funny to me when people are like like somebody will have a great idea and then they'll go and tell their friends about it. And then their friends go, well, that's a dumb idea. And then they just don't do anything with it. Respect your ideas, right? That you did not, you're not the originator of the idea. There's something about your mind that perceived a particular reality. And you're seeing like something, you're, you're picking up on something. Write it down and share it. Make it so. Because... You could be the person that kind of influences the future or you could be presently being influenced by your future self. Like it's a, it's a thing. Get it? Like it's the, I'm trying to draw the, for those of you who are not watching the videos, I'm trying to draw the infinity eight, right? Sideways eight. Um, but like, stop thinking about time linearly. Start thinking about time in four dimensions. I'm going to say it again. Creativity is non-local in time. What is creative today is commonplace tomorrow. So you sit and Harry Potter. So the first thing I said, I said to my cousin, I was like, uh, Harry Potter, it's got to be real on some level, some when. And he was like, how is, how is Harry Potter real? I said, look, there is a book called Future of the Mind. I believe it's Future of the Mind. I mentioned it before. Michio Kaku, one of my favorite authors. And in it, I think it's like chapter five, you jump to like chapter five or six, um, he starts talking about what we are technologically capable of now that isn't, you know, evenly distributed, right? Um, the future is here, it's just unevenly distributed. That's a quote by, I don't remember who. But uh, ESP, we, are, we have technology to make that a thing right now. It's like, you know, in a seed, but it will sprout into a plant and a tree at some point in the future. It's a seed now, All right? And that seed has contained in it that tree and the plant. It just takes time for it to grow, time for us to experience that, time to actualize that, okay? So, ESV, capable. Um, telekinesis, like... They are working on things right now that will allow you to move things with your mind. Yes. Right? Being able to transcribe your, transcribe your dreams. He has talked about how they, they, you can literally turn your dreams into a movie. We're, we're at the seed level right now, right? This infancy, right? It's a seed level, plant level. But in the future that will be developed and then your dreams your memories just like dumbledore pulled remember he pulled his memories from his head and right that will be a thing a killing curse that is a nocebo effect just like on steroids right like there are cultures right now even that they believe very strongly in in particular curses and that if you say the curse to them a person's belief in it will cause them to die or to get sick. And that's right now. But in the past, we had superstition and we had placebos as well. 
right? Like, think about what we what was considered medicine in the past, and it was like wild shit. You, you know what I mean? But it worked because people's belief in that. Now, imagine in the future where people believe that they can actualize realities, right? Or they can, we have technology that allows them to move things. And yes, it might take the form of a wand, okay? But this could very well be a stylus, you know what I mean? It's a makeup brush. Um, (laughs) But this could very, you know, that could easily be, you know, a stylus. Just like the person in the 1200 saw might have seen the memory of a, a of a an iPhone or an Android or whatever and saw a face in that and interpreted it through their understanding of what was possible in their time as oh you can communicate with spirits in this thing right that's how they saw it right but it's we see it differently now because it's technology for us like Harry Potter could very well be Probable, maybe not in the magical sense, but like a broom that you can travel on. I mean, I just saw some guy on TikTok that has like a hoverboard thing that could easily become a, a chair, you know, or or a, you could turn that into a broom if that's what you really want to, you know, do. Right, the flying car, the Weasleys flying cars. I mean, come on, that's the Jetsons just set in, you know, the eighties or whatever. We're gonna have flying cars. It wasn't even like super flying. It was like you know. A tree level or whatever, or a little bit higher or whatever, but we are capable of that. We will be. Right? So I don't know, like and all the other like the creatures, like a three headed dog service, like that's just like genetically, you know, genetic modification. Like you can <laughs> like you could alter, you know, DNA of a dog and make it have three heads and then dragons, like that's DNA manipulation, right? I don't know about the breathing fire thing. Um, I have to kind of play with that idea, but maybe it's not coming out of their mouth or maybe it's a mechanical dragon, right? Like imagine like we're already working towards like making robots, right? Like, and we already kind of have the idea in our minds, like, okay, like if I say dragon, even though dragons, they say never really existed, but for some reason we have dragons throughout time, like drawings and paintings of dragons through time. Maybe they didn't exist in the past. Maybe the people in the past who drew dragons are imagining a future where we have dragons, right? Like genetically modified, like using, I don't know, dinosaur DNA and like blow torches or something like that. And they saw, the people in the past saw that and just combined it as like a fire breathing dragon or whatever, but it was really like a robot, you know, steed or something like that, uh, that just has a blowtorch attached to it. I don't know, but like you really, if you get, if you break your mind out of the chain of like time has to be in the line and that, you know, okay, you, you're only, you can only remember your past. And then you start really believing that remembering your future is possible and it takes the shape of an idea, like it kind of changes how you start interacting, interfacing with reality, with your memories, with your dreams, all of that. Because another thing too, I'm I'm reading my notes, but another thing too um, is, you know, you you start to, there's sometimes, and I'm, I'm bad about this. Um, I'll have a dream and then I will like wake up from the dream. I'm like, that's really weird. Like I had this one dream that 
I don't know, somebody just like changed form from like a man to like a woman or yeah, a man to a woman. And they did it in an instant. And I was like, that's weird. And so I didn't write it down because I was just like, well, I, I'm only interested in like, you know, my retrocausal dreams, like my dreams being able to kind of predict, you know, my future in this lifetime. But now I'm like, well, write that down because like that could be a future self. That could be an exper- experience, like a daytime experience. Remember I talked about dreams, right? And I'm not discounting what scientists say dreams are. So what scientists say dreams are is like essentially you have a dream of your your day. So everything you see throughout the day, your dreams basically are just a defragmentation of these images. And then it kind of, you know, it's like an image dump and it tries to kind of create a storyline from that um, or whatever. And then it kind of shows up as a dream. I, I I'm not saying that that's not, the case but what I am saying is why when you dream you're not limited to one just this day and you're also not limited to this incarnation your dreams could be performing that same defragmentation process but from a future self from a future avatar from a a future incarnation right and you might be seeing literally seeing into the future future like i'm i'm i was limited on oh no i'm just trying to see my future like in this avatar but i've had some dreams that i like literally like like they were sci-fi dreams and i was like that's so weird like why would i dream about that and and they looked like nothing i'd actually seen in a movie before but then how do i know one i'm not watching some movie like I'm not dreaming of some movie that I will see in the future. Guys, like seriously, if you start thinking like this, life becomes like you're you're taking levels. You're taking life from this one level to like a whole different level and you really start paying attention to your dreams, to your ideas, to your thoughts, you know? Yeah. But anyway, I'm, you know, winding down. I think about like 7 minutes. Like I like to keep it right under an hour. I don't know. Um, no, I don't. I mean, I could ramble forever, but <laughs> for those of you who watch my lives, like they tend to go on long. Um, but uh, I, I really want to go back and end it with this thought. You know, where are your desires coming from? I, I've been that has been stuck in my mind for a while because I've had this desire for a particular experience, and then I heard this quote that said, "That which you desire." desires you i'm trying to find it um that you that which you desire okay what you want wants something from you i changed it to that which you desire desires you um and then i said that to one of my friends and she was like yeah it's like a like that makes sense it's like a magnet right like you wouldn't be attracted to something if it wasn't attracting you Right, because like what I said at the beginning of the episode, like where where are these desires coming from? What's influencing what? Is it your future? We're led to think that your present is what influences your future, but that's not necessarily true. If time's not linear, your future could be experienced. It could be influencing your past. So you might all of a sudden wake up like I woke up with a random desire. I'm not going to share it with you guys because it's uh, private. <laughs> but I will say like, I woke up with this desire for something for a particular experience. And I was like, where is this? 
coming from and it didn't logically it didn't make sense to me because it didn't fit my personality or what i my that at least the personality of this avatar but it was like a very strong desire for something all of a sudden like over like literally woke up with it and since then it's only kind of gotten stronger this desire for this particular experience has only gotten stronger and like i said logically it doesn't make sense it doesn't fit my personality and that's when i also started having the thought of like okay well what came first am i did i have an experience or am i having an experience in the future that now has triggered the desire for the experience in the present like what is influencing what? Like what comes first? And more importantly, that quote, it says, what you desire, what you want, wants something from you. I change it, like I said, to what you desire, desire something from you. That desire, the experience that I have, it's, it's going to be around me interacting with somebody. Right? Now, do they, they need something from me? Right? That's the magnet. They need something from me. So they've sent out some sort of like beacon into, you know, the Akashic field or whatever. And maybe it's just something that I happen to be in the proximity of and I can give them what they need, right? And now they're almost pinging me through time. And now I've got to sort of figure out how, not even figure out, I don't have to do anything, but like that's might've been what triggers or what triggered that desire, right? It's not, because when we have feelings, when we desire something, we think, we think, oh, that's coming, that's originating from us, that's coming from us. But that's not necessarily true. I saw some somebody say something to the effect of like, your, your ideas. Ideas are looking for people who will bring them to life. And if you don't bring them to life, they'll just find somebody who will. So you have an idea. And you're programmed to think that, oh, I had an idea. This is my idea, right? So we're looking in a linear fashion, like, and, and almost like selfish, right? And, and very individualistic, right? Okay, I have this idea. This is my idea. But maybe the idea had you, right? Maybe when I, I sit to paint something, I think of something of the painting. Where did that, where did that even come from? Well, it wanted to sort of be actualized. And so it's using me is using a writer, right? So the, the writer, when they sit down to tell a story, they will always say the same thing. Sometimes these stories, a lot of the time, these stories are writing themselves. Well, they're using you as a vessel of actualization. They're using the human mind as a vessel for actualization. The same thing with desires, right? If you desire to write a book, where did that desire come from? Especially if you're not the one creating the story. What came first, right? Is, a, is this is a story something that you're actually sort of actualizing and it needs your creative energy as a human brain being to bring it to life right now i'm slightly i'm parallel you know i'm I'm paralyzing is that a word it is now um but these are parallels between like you know creation the creation process and a desire for a particular experience right if you keep in mind that what you want wants something from you, it flips it, it changes the narrative. Now it's not a matter of, okay, I need to feel this need, but it becomes more, okay, I need to serve. There's someone that needs me to serve them in a way, right? And that me serving them benefits the whole, 
benefits that you know are collect you know the collective consciousness and i'm just like playing my part it it humbles you a little bit but it also takes away that angst to like oh i've got to do this i've got to do this it's like no it's already been done it needs to be done and that's why you've essentially been summoned to make it so all right that's my time guys uh i'm gonna go ahead and uh wrap this up thanks for listening subscribe Check me out on on TikTok. Let's roll.